Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by JohnnyTShirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, and I'm joined this morning by Inside Carolina's very own Greg Barnes. Greg, how you doing on this early Thursday, man? I'm doing good, John. Good to hear it. Well, it was a busy day for UNC football yesterday. Uh, Mac Brown had his pre-camp PC and then also took the media on a facility tour of the brand new renovated locker rooms, the weight room, a lot going on, and it is all on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board. Uh, we're just going to kind of hit the highlights here. So, Greg, beginning with the PC, you know, Mac Brown just talked to the media there for the ACC kickoff down in Charlotte. So when you guys were, were hearing from him today, you know, did he really mention anything different or was it kind of the, the same message that he's been speaking about for a while now? Yeah, I think the, the point of the matter is that everybody is ready for training camp to open, which it will this afternoon and then for practice to get underway on Friday. I think that's kind of the gist of it. Now, we, we've talked a lot about you know, why he came back, how he came back, what he's learned since he's been away, what he learned during the last couple of years at Texas, uh, and then some uh, a variety of kind of odds and ends. We, we could talk for, for days with Mac about football in general and kind of his plans and those kind of things, but I think really kind of my takeaway from the press conference is we need some, we need some football here. Um, I think everybody is ready for it, both in the media and in the fan base, and especially with the coaching staff. They're, they're ready to get after it. Because as you know, John, we do a lot of talking in the off season. And so uh, I think we're finally to the point where we, we need uh, something substantial to, to be able to discuss. But there are a few key, key things that, uh, he, he talked about that I think are relevant. You know, for example, we know that you know, Nick Polino uh, worked at center in the spring. And the reason he did that uh, is because J.J. McCargo initially was hurt and then uh, you know, is, is no longer playing football. But what we know for training camp is that Polino, uh, while he will maintain a presence at center, meaning he's basically a uh, stopgap guy, uh, who can play the position if one of these other kids doesn't really step up because they, they want him to play at guard. Uh, but, you know, you got like a freshman in Tyler Murray who's in the competition, and you got Brian Anderson, uh, who was a pretty highly touted kid coming out a few years ago. And so that's going to be a position to watch. Um, I, I think it's interesting. He said Aaron Crawford and Jason Strobridge are expected to, to be NFL players. Uh, I think that that speaks very well to at least kind of the, the starting front seven uh, when you got two guys in the middle that are that caliber player, which we've kind of known that about Crawford. Uh, Strobridge has had some, some good some good production. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that I've heard that he's at that level quite yet. And then everybody wanted to talk about quarterbacks, and that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple of things, a couple of things I asked him that I, that I was trying to kind of figure out his stance is – you know, we know that's the most important position battle. So do you have a time when you feel like you need to name a starter? And that varies by coach. And Max pretty much like, nope, 
you know, once once the cream rises to the to the top, you know, it, that's when we will know. So there's no timetable um, for naming a guy. And then beyond that, I asked him if does he have an opinion on rotations? Because back when I was in school, uh, you know, North Carolina played two quarterbacks a lot of the time. It seemed like throughout his first tenure, but at Texas, that wasn't the case. And he, he kind of hit on that saying, yeah, you know, we've done it both ways. I really don't care as long as we win. The, the key point of the matter is you've got to have at least two quarterbacks ready to play on game day. And, you know, cause if you have an injury, somebody's got to be ready to step in. And that's such a critical position uh, that really doesn't matter if they rotate what matters is, is that you've got two guys there that can go in and give yourself give yourself a, a chance to win ball games, uh, and so I think I think that was kind of a, a fascinating thing to hear. So would you say at this point that Coach Brown and really the team in general that they are just really really anticipating the start of football so they can actually get out there and really start playing some games? Yeah, for sure, and it it makes a big deal too that if you go back to spring ball, I mean, that's really just kind of like a, a kumbaya moment, right? I mean, you have a brand new staff, you've got players trying to figure out, you know, what's expected of them. Uh, and so you're learning schemes, but more importantly, you're learning the coaches, you're learning your expectations. And the players were certainly pushed. I'm not suggesting that. Um, but it was a very, it was a very positive spring, uh, trying to build confidence and those kind of things. And I think that's going to change Friday. I mean, it'll still be positive, but now it's going to be all right. Uh, you know, ship up, shape out. What, what is it? Shape up or, or ship out? And that what yeah. they're saying is, yeah. Um, it's going to be more of those types of things. It's going to be like we expect this of you. Give it to us. You know, that's one of the things I liked about how Mac has handled the offseason is, all right, guys, what do you need? What 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 is lacking in this program, right? And that kind of gets into what we're getting ready to talk about is they needed locker room upgrades. They needed weight training upgrades. Uh, they needed the lounge to be better, so they actually wanted to be here. They had okay. all these things that the players wanted, and Mac said, all right, we're going to do it. We'll get it for you. The catch is, is that now Matt can say, all right, look, you asked for all these things, and we did every single thing we could do to provide those things for you. Now it's our turn. We're asking you to do this, 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 and this, so you, you need to deliver. And I think it's going to be a tough training camp. I think you, um, it, it's going to be a situation where a lot of guys have the opportunity uh, to earn playing time, but there's also going to be an opportunity for guys to really kind of fall down the depth chart um, and so there's going to be, as Mac has said, there's probably going to be some hurt feelings. That's part of it. Uh, you have to kind of know that everybody on this team has a role. You, you can only have 22 guys on the field starting, and there's 120 people on this team. So you have to kind of work through those emotions and work through how those position groups set up. And that'll be the challenge of training camp, which is quite different than what happened in the spring. Yeah, definitely there. And, and um the full quotes from Coach Brown, they are on the the football message boards on InsideCaroline.com. So I do encourage everyone to go there and read it. Um, Greg, what was one quote in particular, if you can come up with one off the top of your head, that Coach Brown said that uh, kind of either surprised you or uh, was kind of the one thing that you still remember from yesterday's PC? Uh, 
That's a good question. Um, I think kind of the, the main thing for me is he continues to harp on depth. And we've known that. Um, but he he just keeps reiterating that. And, we, um, and to that point, I asked him, you know, he talked about back in the spring how they wanted to kind of look into what happened with all these injuries. Because North Carolina in 2017, 2018 had an incredible amount of injuries you know, up and down the, the roster. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that they really wanted to look into. So I asked him about that. Uh, and his response was, well, the field was not in good shape last year. So that played a role. Mm-hmm. But kind of more beyond that, uh, he, he thinks it was a depth issue. Uh, with the point being that the more your snaps you're having to play, the more likelihood that you're going to get tired when you're tired and fatigued. Uh, maybe you're not taking the best angles. Maybe you're not using the best technique and some things can happen. Uh, and that's, that's kind of one of the things that he was talking about on Wednesday is because depth is so important. You have this situation, you know, I mentioned Crawford and, and Strowbridge earlier. Well, how many snaps are they good for playing at an NFL level? Is it 50? Is it 70? Well, if it's 50 and you're playing 80 snaps in the game, what do you do with those other 30? Do you let the guys continue to play, even though maybe they're not the highest level? Or do you put a backup in? And if you put the backup in, how many snaps can the backup give you that is somewhat equatable to what Crawford and Strobridge can give you? So it's kind of an equation there. And there's going to be a drop-off at some point with the starters, but how do you alleviate that to the best of your ability? How do you mitigate it? And so that's that's what training camp is going to be about, is all right, we need to know who can we count on in games when it matters because we can't have our best players out there all the time. Even though they're going to be in great shape, at some point fatigue kicks in. When fatigue kicks in, that's when you, know, you kind of expose yourself a little bit to injuries. Mm-hmm. And so that that's that's the importance of, of depth, and we're going to be talking about that, I think, all season long. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and there's always a randomness element to injuries, and uh, you know that is definitely has been a hot topic on the message boards. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole in this podcast. Uh, but let's take a very quick moment to talk about our friends at Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. They are your place to go for Tar Heel gear. The season is just a few short weeks away, so when you're on campus, make sure that you do visit their location right on Franklin Street. They have been an absolute icon there in Chapel Hill for years and years and years. They are a business that is solely focused on providing gear to UNC fans, so you're not going to see other teams' stuff in there. It is just Tar Heels all the time. So make sure that you do swing by. It's always a fun trip for the family. And InsideCarolina.com subscribers, you can get that 10% off with a code that is on the message boards. So head on in there. You can also go on JohnnyT-shirt.com. Enjoy their awesome customer service. Get your new stuff. They do have the Mac is Back t-shirts. Those are in. Buy those for the whole family for that very first game against Miami. And again, don't forget, that 10% off code on Inside Carolina for the Inside Carolina Premium subscribers. All right, Greg, so let's go ahead and move on to the second part of yesterday, which was a facility tour. And um, go ahead and just uh, walk us through kind of the overall thing. Like, where was the PC at? and How did they get everybody into the new football facility to actually give you, you guys the tour? 
Well, we do the uh, press conferences. This is both during the game week and and for this type of event on the fifth floor of the Keenan Football Center. So basically, it's you know the the fourth level is where the coaching uh, suites are, the offices, and on the fifth floor is basically what they use for uh, recruiting purposes. Except when media comes in there for press conferences uh, at certain times, and so everybody was there for about yeah, 20, 25 minutes. And then we, we headed down. And the, uh, the the player area for UNC at the Kenya Football Center is, is on the first and second level. Uh, second floor is where you have the cafeteria, and it's where you have all the meeting rooms and those types of things. On the first floor uh, is really kind of the, the player-specific area. And, of course, you have the tunnel out to the field. But if you if you kind of view yourself walking up the tunnel from the field, you go in the doors to the right is the locker room to the left is the training room. Uh, When I say training, I mean like uh, medicine, medical. And then if you go straight, you run into the uh, weight room. And then from there, you you go on the other side of the weight room. That's where the the Hall of Champions is, is kind of the entrance there at the ground level of the Keenan Football Center as you come in from, from outside. And so that's kind of the setup. But uh, around the corner is also the, the – you go up the, the stairs, you go up the elevator, and then you get to the uh, the players' lounge. And so players' lounge is the first area that we went to. Kind of the unique thing about it is uh, Rick Steinbacher uh, is now in charge of facilities at UNC. And so he played a big role in everything that took place at, at Keenan. And so he was there to kind of help with the tour. Uh, James Spalding, uh, who's in kind of the director of the of Keenan Stadium, he was there. And then Mac, of course, was there. And Mac was really kind of our tour guide. He was kind of explaining everything that they wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, the players' lounge uh, had been kind of dated. And they've, they've done some upgrades in there. They've, they've got new couches. Uh, new pool tables. They've got you know, some some games. They've got some uh, TVs on the wall that's compatible with with all the new gaming systems. They've got sleep pods. They've got they don't have them quite yet, but they've got some some circulation chairs coming in that are basically massage chairs. Uh, but you know, it, it's something where you can design it to apply heat to certain areas. You can you know, apply ice to certain areas, and it kind of circulates uh, blood flow. Hmm. And they've also got Papa Shot, which Mac Brown showed us how that works, which is pretty funny. What is that? Uh, that's just the uh, the shooting basketball game that you see in arcade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, apparently apparently Dre Bly is, is pretty good at it. He, he's still competitive in all things. So, so Mac <laughs> was saying that, that Dre, Dre likes to come in there, and uh, he's a guy that likes to bank the shots. So I think there's there's different avenues to having success with that. Um so they've updated the player lounge, and I think it's more uh, beneficial for the players. It gives them a place where they can actually come in and kind of hang out. Uh, but the the key aspect uh, of this tour was really uh, getting down into the weight room and, and the locker room. And mm-hmm. let's start with the, the weight room first, and you can ask me any questions you got. I think the key component with the weight room right now is solely the fact that the Brown Hess needed uh, certain kind of racks to be able to do what he wants to do. 
And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that is a very small weight room. Um, it, it, when, when Fedora was here, they only had, I think, 14 power rack setups in there. Mm-hmm. And that does not allow you to, to get the entire team in there at one time, which for a college football program is, is kind of wild. <laughs> you don't have that, that functionality. Uh, but you know, Brian has needed uh, a new rack and, and flooring system so that they can do a lot of uh, banded jumps, a lot of banded presses. He's big on those kind of things. Uh, there's there's a lot of different stuff you can do with, with each of those rack systems. And they, they increase the number that they've got. So they've got you know, 23 now instead of 14, which means they can have the entire team in there. Mm-hmm. And that's what he said. You know, if they want to have – an entire team bench pressing session and then go run sprints on the field. Well, they can do that now. It used to be, you'd have to kind of rotate groups, um, but it's all what Brian, we've talked about this before, but one thing that, that Brian does that I think, I think is interesting is his program is, is predicated. Number one on, you know, we want the program to grow with the players as they move through North Carolina, meaning that he understands that when an 18 year old kid shows up on campus, his needs in terms of strength and conditioning are going to be completely different than what they are three years later. And so you've got to be able to build with that kid. And then the other thing too is uh, it's got to be position specific. You don't just go in and say, all right, everybody, we're we're bench pressing today. Uh, We'll do it again on Wednesday. And then we're going to do squats on Tuesday. That's what we're all doing. That doesn't benefit everybody appropriately. And so, you know, for example, some of the squat racks or some of the power racks have wider um, seats, right? And you think, eh, that's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, it was one thing for, for you and me, John, to go try to do some, some bench pressing on a slim bench. But when you uh-huh. get a guy that's 340 pounds trying to sit on that bench, it's basically like laying down on a toothpick, right? So they've yeah. got to have benches that fit them. And so that's kind of the main component. Um, they had to reorganize in that room a little bit. They do have a you know, updated nutrition bar, but they didn't really expand the space. Mm-hmm. That will come later. That will be significant. Um, but that's kind of the main thing is just getting that equipment in. So, so Hess can do what he needs uh, currently. So one of the quotes that I, th- I thought was interesting about the, the weight room there was how coach Hess m- mentioned that now they have uh, the, a full set of dumbbells on every single, I guess, rack. So that way you don't have to have certain guys that are only lifting at a certain weight use specific machines. So now they can have, I guess, mixed guys in terms of their weight lifting capabilities at every single spot. So that just increases the flexibility. And I'm assuming that that also means that they're going to be able to be much more efficient when they're in the weight room. Is that efficiency component something that Coach Hess also talked to you guys about? Yeah, that's a key component because to be able to go in and say, all right, this is the rack that I'm working at today, knowing that every single thing I need to do, you know, if I have 20 exercises they want me to do today, I can do them all right here. I think that is critical. Instead of having to go, okay, well, I've got to go to that machine over there, or I've got to go to this machine over here, or I've got to go out here and do this. Uh, you, you're wasting time making those movements. So if you can stay in the same spot and kind of get into the flow of, all right, I can do this, I can do this, I have to move this here, uh, it, it does. It cuts down on time, makes it more efficient, and allows the coaches to know exactly where everybody's at. 
and so you can move around quicker and, and make sure you get all those things accomplished. So I, I do. I think any anything you can do to streamline all those processes, especially you know, when you're talking about workouts early morning, and these guys are going to be getting up uh, pretty early at times to do a little mm-hmm. bit of conditioning work before going to going to practice. Uh, so, so all that's going to be key. They're they're talking about you know, uh, more than doubling the size of the the weight room, going from it's eight thousand square feet now, it will be nineteen thousand square feet in the coming years. So that is a significant change. So when you're talking about such a small space, you've got to be able to use that space accordingly, and that's what these these racks will allow them to do. All right, let's move on. And before we actually get to the locker rooms, uh, one thing that I thought was really cool is they've added now what they're calling the NFL hallway. Um, You know, Carolina, I'm sure in the past, the coaches have highlighted some of the great players that have come through the program. But now it looks like, you know, the players are actually going to be walking down a hallway that does highlight that. What was the experience of seeing that now, Greg? Well, to me... And maybe I have a little bit different take than what other people would have. But if, if you walk around the Smith Center, for example, down in the players area, uh, there's a lot of tribute to previous teams and to uh, the guys that went on to have great careers in the NBA. And I've always you – know, there's there's been an acknowledgement of the NFL success. Uh, but I think a lot of times at Keenan, for the most part, it's been out in the Hall of Champions. And the players don't go out there. That's really for the fans to come in and see all those things. Um, and so one thing that Mac Brown has talked about is they really wanted to create an environment. Uh, you know, a lot of it's for recruits, but for players as well, is that every time you walk into a hallway, every time you step out of an elevator, there is something there looking at you that reminds you of the success that the program has had. And I think that's, a, a very smart thing. And so when you when you talk about the NFL aspect of it, uh, it's always good to know. Right? We've had all these players play in the, the NFL. They're playing in the NFL now. Um, and it, it really kind of allows you to see you know, what's possible. That's what recruits want to do. I mean, every recruit, regardless of how good they are, uh, wants to go to a school that gives them an opportunity to get to the NFL. And so by seeing this this line of, okay, it doesn't matter who the coach is. You know, over all these years, we've had this level of success getting guys to the NFL. Uh, and the one thing I really thought was a good idea is one of the main hallways leading down to to the where the locker room is is these big uh, pictures on the walls of all of the uh, first round draft picks in, in UNC history. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're talking about guys like Hakeem Nix, Robert Quinn, uh, Ebenezer Akubon. Uh, Greg Sims, all these guys, and it kind of filters you down. And so you understand that, hey, all these guys were number one draft picks. This is crazy. And what I really like, and this is kind of the Mac trying to create some tradition, is that the the two highest drafted players in, in recent history, of course, is Mitch Trubisky, uh, who went number two to the, the Bears a couple years ago, and then Julius Peppers, mm-hmm. who also went number two. And they are the last two pitchers on, you know, one on either side of the, the entryway down into the hallway that goes to the locker room. And so what's going to happen is when the defensive players come down on game day, they're going to they're going to tap Julius Peppers pitcher. Offensive players are going to tap Mitch Trubisky with the point being like all right, these guys were you know, number two draft picks in the NFL draft. 
Like that's where we want to be. We, we want to be in that position. Um, it kind of gives you you know, the kind of tribute of, hey, we've had the success here. If I go out and I play as hard as I can, I can play at this level, and maybe I can have the same kind of success. So I think that's a that is a nice touch. Um, there, you know, it's not overly done with NFL stuff. I mean, there's pockets of it, but mainly it's North Carolina and you know, all the good things about the school. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's kind of a good way to kind of say, well, yeah, you know what, Carolina is important. It's, it's a 40 year deal here, right? Uh, education, community, all these things. But if you work your butt off and you play hard, all these other things are possible as well. All right, so let's finally get to probably the thing that most fans were the most anticipated to see, and that is the locker rooms. And, you know, Greg, there's a lot of technical stuff that um, that kind of is new for the locker rooms, the screens, uh, the charging stations, the seats themselves even. But when you were walking in, just talk to us about the, I guess, kind of the cool factor, uh, because that seems to be what all these programs want their locker rooms to be. They want them to be cool. Do you think that UNC accomplished that with these renovations? I do. I think the fact that you walk in and you've got the blue LED lighting up on the ceiling that kind of cast the Carolina blue tint on everything. That they kind of showed us their their speaker system, which is a uh, great quality. So you have good music in there. You do have TVs everywhere, um, and that's one thing. And talking with, with Steinbacher, you uh, Longhorn Lockers actually built the the lockers. And then what they did is they they said, all right, so this is this is the specs for the lockers. We need you guys to do this for prep. And so a lot of the work was demoing the old locker room uh, and then putting you know significant upgrades into electrical and, and the ventilation system because I didn't realize this um, and I, I haven't had any football players tell me that I guess this is kind of part of the deal but you when you come in from practice you come in from a game you just kind of throw your pads in the floor which we've seen that before Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the reasons they do that, you don't want to put them in the cabinet because if they're wet, they've got to air out. And if they're in the cabinet, you know, it's going to take them longer to air out. And apparently that you know, possibility leads to uh, more illness with players. It leads to potential of staph infection um, because everything's just moist. Everything's wet. And so at each locker, I think there's five ventilation vents, which is crazy. I and mean, it kind of talks about the, the piping they had to run in. Uh, but you've got a ventilation system in place for shoulder pads. You know, the foot is ventilated where the helmet is, is ventilated. And kind of the idea is that these, this ventilation system will dry everything out within two hours, which is a, a significant upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows for, for better use of the space because you don't have pads everywhere. Um, and then the, <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. This, I, I can relate to this is that you know, when Mac Brown asked the kids what they needed, one of the big things they said was that they, they needed docking stations for their devices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always kind of go back when, when I was getting my first car, I was down to two cheap old cars and the decision for me came down to which one had a cup holder. <laughs> and so I picked the one that had a cup holder and within like 30 days, I'm like, that was a stupid decision, but, but that was the one thing as a kid that was important to me. Um, and so, the fact that that was a 
the charging stations were such a critical component. I, I found that to be funny, but I, but I get it. Um, yeah. And you know, the fact that they, you know, Max said that you know, if they if they win a game, they come in, they want to watch a a football game, they can turn all the TVs overhead on so they can kind of listen and, and watch along. But for the most part, those TVs will be used to kind of say, hey. We've had this kind of success. You know, these are things that we can do better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it'll slack around on 20-second clips, which will be good. They also did a few of the, the, wet, the wet room upgrades as well. Um, but all that to be said, and you can, you can ask me specifics on the locker room, uh, Mac Brown really talked about, hey, the next step here is that this locker room is not even going to be here as soon as we do another renovation. Yeah, that locker room is moving back to the weight room um, where the locker room is now. It's going to be a part of the athletic training room, the medical area. And then you know they're going to build a brand new weight room on, on the end of the building. That's going to be that 19,000 square foot area uh, that I referenced earlier. So the two aspects about the locker rooms, I wanted to have you kind of expound on more. Number one, uh, Coach Brown brought up the recruiting aspect. And to me, I think that even though the locker room and the weight room are going to be replaced, like you mentioned, Greg, you know, Coach Brown wanted these upgrades so UNC can still recruit and get the incoming guys interested now. He was not willing to wait until the brand new facilities were built. He knew that Carolina needed to upgrade, and so he requested it. It was done now, knowing full well, like you said, they're going to be replaced. So I'd like to hear your thoughts kind of on the recruiting aspect. And the second thing, and you can probably lead with this one since it's a quicker answer, the photos that are on Inside Carolina of the locker room, the actual hallway, it looks kind of narrow especially for some of those big boy football players and thinking offensive line, defensive line. When you were walking through there, did it seem narrow or is that just kind of the aspect of, of the photo? Yeah. So that particular hallway um, is for the little guys. So okay. basically you walk in, you have uh, three lines of lockers and to the right uh, is a big area, and that's where all the you know, offensive linemen and, and defensive linemen are going to be. That is a massive space for those guys because that was that was necessary. Uh, but the picture that we have up on our story, it is very narrow. Uh, but that is the the middle portion, and as I said, that's that's where your defensive backs. And I think there's some wide receivers in there as well. Um, and then on the other side, uh, that hallway is a little bit bigger as well, and. We're talking about 120 lockers. So these are good size lockers. These are these are nice. These were needed. Uh, but this is also why we're talking about a renovation. And to your point, I think it's kind of a, a critical thing because Mac knows that you, there are renovations coming that have to be made. They need more space. You know, Larry Fedora knew that. You know, when I sat down with Larry last year, he was like, as soon as we get this indoor practice facility done, next step is expanding Keenan. Um, because you know, they've got to have more space down there. And that's and so these lockers will move to the new area whenever that is. Um, but this this is not a huge locker room space. I mean, you've seen some locker rooms that you know, kind of the foot locker expands out and guys can lay down if they want to, and they've got TVs at their stations. Uh, the TVs were not important. The players didn't seem to care too much about that. Uh, but if they 
wanted to do any kind of like you know, come out at the bottom, uh, there's not room for that. And mm-hmm. so that that's why they they need that renovation to come. And that's kind of the interesting thing about college athletics, right? I mean, when you factor in the uh, let's say you know, the in the synthetic field, I think was two million. So all the rest of this was about three million, and it was just kind of a a placeholder. And this this is something that all this is going to be moved in a manner of a couple of years. I don't know exactly when that next uh, that next renovation is going to occur, uh, but that'll be a bigger deal because it, that that includes that includes the outside of Keenan, uh, the football center expanding out, and that will allow them to have that walkway on the outside of the fence to be one level. So you don't actually have to go down steps to the Keenan football center entrance, back up steps. It'll be all one like concourse level walkway outside Keenan, which will be nice, but that's a pretty significant upgrade. And that's the kind of a, a big project um, recruiting wise though. That's, that's what was needed. You have to get it updated. You have to get it looking good, even though you're in tight quarters. And so that when recruits come in, they say like, wow, this, this is nice. And you say, look, this is great now, but just wait a couple of years. It's going to be even better. So this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I, I think that's what they, they needed to have. So the, the key takeaway for all this is that they've got the, the weight room equipment they finally need. They've got a sharp looking locker room that's updated. They've got a top of the line indoor practice facility, which was needed. New practice fields. So all these things kind of come together. Now you've got a you, – everything's renovated. Everything's updated. Now you can compete recruiting-wise with some of the top teams in the country. And uh, that's what North Carolina had to have. With, with recruiting being so important to what Mac Brown wants to do, you had to have all these things taken care of. And so your props to, props to Bubba and the Rams Club for getting all these things done. Absolutely. Let's take one final break, Greg. And when we get back, let's go ahead and hit the last two topics. They are ones that everyone enjoys talking about uniforms and the new synthetic field. So stay tuned. We'll discuss that right after this. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Greg Barnes. Greg is walking us through the UNC facility tour that the media went on yesterday with Coach Brown and some of the rest of the staff. Greg, we're nearing the end here, and uh, I thought that it was very interesting that Coach Brown actually you know, showed you guys the uniforms, and I, I guess what he showed are the uniforms that they're going to be playing at for this upcoming season. Is that correct? It is correct, and it really wasn't that he was showing us so much as, uh, as I mentioned, you know, kind of the idea is that you can, you can step out of an elevator, you can walk down a hallway, and you see something neat about North Carolina. And so mm-hmm. one thing that he wanted 
football recruits to be able to see is uniforms. Because as you mentioned, not only do fans care about it, recruits really care about it. And so by having uh, your mannequins wearing the uniforms up in a hallway, it allows everybody that comes in to see exactly what North Carolina is going to be looking like. And so I think that that's kind of a good touch. And as we walked by there, we were able to ask him a few questions about those uniforms. Yeah, and uh, I think the question that most fans probably were interested in the answer was the alternative uniforms. So it looks like from the photos, you guys had the one that was all white, one all blue. And you know, fans should know that, that you can do a bunch of different color combinations from those two. But it sounds as if Coach Brown, in his mind, he's already kind of got a very strict um, I guess I'll say policy when it comes to the uniforms. Can you just expound upon that a little bit for us? Yeah. Well, I think what Mac wants to do is he wants to uh, create traditions. You know, it kind of goes that when I was talking about touching the photos with Mitch Trubisky and Julius Peppers, uh, but also goes with, with the unique color that is Carolina blue. And that's what we're going to see with these uniforms. And so, as you said, you know, kind of the road uniform is going to be uh, all white. And then if, if North Carolina, if the guys want to uh, switch some things out, they do have the luxury of going blue pants and blue helmet with the, the white jersey on the road. And then at home, you're looking at a you know, white pants, blue jersey, and, and blue helmet, which is a good look. Uh, and that's that's just creating that tradition. You know, This is who we are. This is what we're going to look like. You know, it's not going to be uh, anything wild and crazy. You know, we've we've got a, just a handful of options. It's going to be clean, and so when people see us take the field, like, oh, that's Carolina. Of course, that's Carolina. It's not like what we see. Sometimes you turn on TV, you're like, okay, who is this? What are they wearing? <laughs> um, but as you mentioned, there are going to be alternatives. So an alternative for the road, alternative for home, and. I was interested like everybody else. And so I asked Max, I said, so what's the, what are the alternatives like? Mm-hmm. He's like yeah, we're not going to tell you. We, we got to tell the players first, uh, but they're not going to tell the players until, until before the game. And it sounds like they've got a pretty good idea of you know, what games are going to be doing it for and those kind of things. Um, but they're going to wait until the players, you know, right before the game. And then at that point in time, the public will know. So it yeah. is top secret at the moment. And so that'll be something interesting to watch. I wonder if the uh, away game could be a certain game against the Wolfpack in uh, November. Possibly could be. I'll, I'll say this, and yeah, obviously could be very wrong on this, but, but I have a, I have a p- feeling that, that North Carolina will not do anything crazy uh, for the South Carolina game. I think that'll mm-hmm. be a pretty straight-laced, traditional, hey, this is Mac Brown's first game back. Um, but, but after that, I think it'll be interesting to see which games they actually pick to use the alternative ones. Yeah, it will be. I mean, you know, the very first home game, Miami, I don't know. I get the sense that that, uh, Brown will probably want to stick with the Carolina blue for that one, but I don't know. It it is interesting how they, how he teased that out there, the two alternatives. So we'll just have to wait and see. Finally, Greg, the uh, synthetic field was brought up. Now, did they actually take you guys down to the field and, and let you guys walk on it? Was that part of the tour here? It was, yes. And uh, how, how did it feel, I guess, you know, for all the years that as you spent walking there on the on the old grass field on Keenan, what was just the synthetic like in general? 
Well, it's not too different from the old synthetic they had at Old Navy Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a you you don't have to crown the field as much as you do with with natural grass, so it's a little bit flatter maybe. Uh, but it's got a good it's got a good spring to it. Yeah, I, I think the players will like it for sure. Um, it does have the kind of the rubberized uh, pellets, you know, the, the infill. Mm-hmm. But one of the neat things about the the system they have in place, which is kind of top of the line, is that the more you use it, uh, kind of the the technology kind of adheres the the pellets, and so it creates kind of a, a soft plane surface. And so eventually, I don't know how long it will take, but eventually uh, you won't see all the the little rubber pellets kick up when somebody gets tackled or somebody slides or that kind of thing, which will be nice, and that helps keep everything uh, even. One thing that, that is interesting, and we know we knew this was going to be the case, if you've ever been on an uh, artificial surface, especially on the football field, you know that uh, those things reflect heat like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, it was probably, I don't know, 20 degrees hotter on the field than it was on the concourse. And that's oh. just going to be part of it. I mean, it, 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 it was hot to the fact of I was holding my phone in my hand and my phone overheated and I had to shut it off. Huh. Um, and so that's, that's going to be the interesting thing is that when you, when you're playing these games in September, it's going to be super hot. And kind of Mac's response to that apparently is, yeah, we're going to have these guys incredibly conditioned. Uh, so it's going to be something they're going to be used to. And it's not going to be an issue. But uh, it is worth saying that it is the exact same artificial surface that they have at the indoor facility, both with you know the indoor field and the outdoor turf field. So the guys are going to be playing on the exact same field in three different spots. And so during training camp, they will be able to get used to it, and it won't it won't be that big of a deal. But but anybody who has the in, in the fan base who has the uh, opportunity to, to go on the field for those first couple games, that is something that they will definitely notice. And uh, so uh, bring some, I guess not really sunblock, but uh, wear clothing that's very breathable. I would right. say right. Bring bring <laughs> ice packs for your legs. Oh man, that'll be interesting. And I wonder too because. I don't know a whole lot of other teams in the ACC that play on turf off the top of my head. So I wonder if that will be something that, you know, when opponents come to Keenan, that heat, it'll be something kind of unexpected. I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it'll give Carolina this huge advantage, but it is something to at least consider. Yeah, possibly. Uh, and, you know, I think there are more teams starting to use uh, AstroTurf. Um, yeah, I think you know, clearly Wake Forest does. But a lot of pro teams do too, and I think that's that's kind of a key component. Is you hear the two million dollar price tag to put in the field, and you're like, "Wow, that's a lot of money." But when you when you figure in factor in that these these fields have lifespans from four to seven years, uh, and you don't have to do the mowing, you don't have to do all these you know, watering, all these different things, uh, you really save money during those seven years after you put in that that two million dollar field. Uh, and so you know, depending on how things go, there is the potential for some cost savings over the lifespan of the of the turf. I know that's kind of been a, a talking point. One thing I did want to say, uh, I know there's been a lot of conversation about bringing the hedges back. The hedges are not coming back. There's just really nowhere to put them. Uh, and one of the good things about having a synthetic turf field 
is that it gives you a lot more space, gives you a lot more utility. You can bring a lot, a lot of different programs in. You, I, I didn't realize this, but apparently there were times with the grass field where players would go down and try to work out on them, and they were like, "Hey, you know what? We need to, we need to stay off the field today. Uh, you know, we're seeding, or we're we got a water, or whatever." That, mm-hmm. That's no longer the case, and so anybody from all these different programs in the athletic department can come to the field and, and utilize it. And so, you know, when you think about kind of where the hedges were, that really would interrupt that. And then you have cost that goes into it as well. So uh, I think the way they're saying it is that as of now, there are no plans to bring back the hedges. Uh, I don't, I don't see how they would actually bring them back. So that, that's something the fans will have to get used to. Yeah. They're probably being a little bit diplomatic in that answer of the you right, know, for right. right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Very, very final thing, Greg, and just in a few words, the Carolina blue end zones. How did those look in person, man? They look great. Uh, they, they really do. I think it's a, it's a good touch. It's a good look. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, Rick Steinbacher said that there is the possibility that they can switch those out uh, for special occasions. Hmm. Now it's not going to be, as often as we've seen in the past where North Carolina is, Hey, you know what? We're going to do military day and we're going to put a flag in the end zone. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be that often, but there is the potential to make some changes if they feel the need. If there's such a, a big game and there's such a big event that they want to do that, they can. And he referenced the, uh, the New York stadium because you've got, you know, the jets and the giants playing there. They can actually make some changes. Uh, and so I, I don't think it's very, cost efficient but i think it is something they can do if they want to uh, so i thought I'd, I'd leave that out there it's, it's not it's not completely permanent it's mostly permanent but there is some wiggle room there all right that is interesting but we'll go ahead and wrap this one up man it sounds like overall it was a very impressive tour of the facilities uh, for everyone that again wants to see all the photos get all the quotes check those out greg put articles up on the football message boards they are there uh, for this one, though. I think we're good to go ahead and wrap it up, unless if you had anything else that you wanted to share, Greg. Nope, I think we covered most of it, John. All right, sounds good, man. Well, for everyone here at Inside Carolina, thank you for listening, and we'll talk with everyone again soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by T-Shirt.com. where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.